Hello, everyone, and welcome back to IntelliGame Radio. I'm your host, Josh Boykin, founder of IntelliGame.us, a game culture criticism site where we find intersections between games and the world around us. Now, if you are like many slash most gamers, Friday was a welcome point of light. It may have been because of the release of Doom Eternal, which I hear is a fantastic game. But for many members of the IntelliGame community, the standout part of Friday was the release of Animal Crossing New Horizons. This episode focuses on some of the energy that Animal Crossing cultivates, as well as a number of other games talking about wholesome this episode. Now, this is going to be one more episode that is slightly off of our traditional episodic format. You may remember from our last episode that Jenny and I talked about the Wholesome Games panel that she moderated at PAX East. It was really great, and unfortunately, we lost the audio for it. But what we've done for this audio is to get the panelists back together to have another conversation around many of the same topics. So though I know it won't quite be the same as being in the room for the panel, I hope that you're still able to gather some really great information from this group of phenomenal people in the game space. Afterwards, I'll be doing a reading of an essay that I put together specifically for this episode of IntelliGame Radio. It's not quite a director's cut, because I won't be doing a lot of cutting away, but I hope you'll still find some value in it. Finally, we won't have Jenny's end segment recommendation, but I promise that she, alongside the rest of the panelists in the interview, recommend so many fantastic games that you'll have tons of different titles to take a look into after the episode is over. As usual, if you have any feedback about IntelliGame Radio, feel free to drop me a line at josh at IntelliGame.us. Let's go ahead and get started. Okay, everybody, this is like, it's like the coziest space on the internet. We've we've recombined everyone to make this new cozy, cozy redux, cozy read. I don't know how that word is supposed to be said, but anyway, thank you everybody for, for coming here and spending some time on, uh, on your weekend to revisit this fantastic panel. I'll have each of you introduce yourselves real quick. Uh, let's start with Victoria. Hi, that's me. <laughs> Sorry. I'm, uh, <laughs> I'm so good at smooth entries. Um, I'm Victoria. I'm the communications director at Kit Fox Games. We're a small indie studio in Montreal, Canada, and we're making games like Boyfriend Dungeon, which is a dating simulator dungeon crawler mashup. And we also have a wholesome game that we're publishing, which is called Mondo Museum, and that's a museum building simulator. Hi, I'm Kara. I'm the communications manager at Monami Park. We make Slime Rancher. We're in sunny San Mateo, California, and I'm really happy to be here and doing this again. I tried to write down some of my favorite jokes from last time, but I don't <laughs> know if they'll have the same hit, but hopefully we'll, we'll be able to recreate that panel again. Hi, I'm uh, James Tillman. I am in Winston-Salem, North Carolina. I'm working on a sushi life sim called Rolling Hills that's pretty wholesome. And I help run an online community on Twitter and Discord called Wholesome Games. Hi, I'm Jenny. I'm the community developer for Rose City Games, based in lovely Portland, Oregon. And we have a couple games out, but I think the most wholesome of all of them is Garden Story. And folks probably know me here as the host and curator of the IntelliGame Club. Yeah, there are so many, so many wholesome, so many cozy, good people here this this is just like making my day <laughs> um 
let's get started by talking a little bit about the the process, right? So Jenny, you were moderating the panel that was hosted at PAX East. What made you decide that this was something that you wanted to take to conventions? Um, other than my selfish desire to talk more about games that I really love, um, but actually, <laughs> but that actually kind of is what kicked it off is the sense that like I had been talking with a bunch of folks both from within the panel um, who ended up being on this panel as well as friends that I had where we were talking about how we see a lot of games being featured and talked about that we really don't connect with as as much as we do with wholesome games. And what made me realize is so many people felt isolated in their love of this genre of games that are wholesome, that emphasize themes of kindness and empathy and nonviolence. And I wanted to not only allow people a place and a platform to speak about their love for this type of game, but also to show that there are others out there (laughs) that we all really do love this type of game and that it is not, we are not necessarily um, strange or in the minority or not gamers for thinking that this is the kind of game that we want to enjoy. Yeah. And, and you put together this fantastic spread of panelists and I'm, it sounds like everybody not only has a a game that they're working on that is wholesome or cozy, but has a, a personal attachment to sort of the cozy aesthetic or wholesome aesthetic as well. Uh, James, you run the Wholesome Games Discord? Yeah, that's right. Can you talk a little bit about what uh, what it's been like running that community? I, f- I just feel lucky. Um, every now and then someone messages me or I'll message someone else and say, hey, thanks for being a part of our community. You're you're what makes it so special for me because it's great to not only have all of these positive, wonderful, talented people working on cool things or just talking about cool things. Um, it's, it's just nice to get a lot of different perspectives. And we have a, a very diverse community that I'm very proud of. Um, and almost invariably because they're such sweet people, they'll turn it around and say, no, thank you. Like, I'm, I'm so glad that this place exists. Um, <laughs> and it just, it turns into this back and forth <laughs> of, of being sweet to one another. And I think that's, that's the best, uh, explanation I can give of what it's like to be on the, the wholesome games discord. And it's, it's interesting because so often, uh, I, I can't remember the, remember the last time someone joined who didn't say, I've been looking for this community for so long. And I think that really speaks to a desire for wholesome games and that kind of sweetness and the game fandom and industry in general. Yeah. I think especially in, in times like these where everything feels kind of tumultuous and there's so much heaviness, there's something about wholesome games that provides you this space to, to breathe, even when wholesome games are taking on uh, what might be more like, thoughtful topics or, or heavy topics. Kara, you work with Slime Rancher, and though I haven't finished Slime Rancher, I hear that there are some places where the narrative can, you know, can hit you in the feels a bit. Um, how's it felt working with uh, with Slime Rancher? It's been amazing. Slime Rancher is a single player game, but we have a pretty big and diverse and active community of people that are just welcoming and positive, And for the most part, like, I don't feel like I really need to moderate most of the community because they just self-moderate out of pure wholesomeness, I guess. Uh, The game itself has a lot of themes that I think hit hard with different people that are in different circumstances. We actually get tons and tons of emails and fan letters that say like, wow, holy crap, this game. 
really like hit me in a spot like I didn't realize I was in this spot and I really resonated with it It reminded me of like there's the theme of a long distance relationship there's themes of loneliness there's themes of deciding to go out on an adventure by yourself and there's all sorts of exploration and discovery that happens and I think people really connect with that in ways that they don't anticipate whenever they see the trailer that is just a bunch of colorful goofy slimes that are bouncing around (laughs) Yeah, I've got to imagine that some of that same experience uh, applies for you, Victoria, working with, uh, you know, Boyfriend Dungeon. I I am so excited about it, and, and I think so many other people are. But Kit Fox has this this kind of reputation for making these games that have a, a that hit you in the feels, but also have a, a sort of softer approach. What's what's it like uh, working with the Kit Fox community? Yeah, no, I mean. I also feel very blessed to be working with a community that basically almost needs no moderation. Um, <laughs> but it's, it is it is that kind of thing where Boyfriend Dungeon was dreamt up because a lot of the games, a lot of the romance dating games we played at the time before uh, a lot of other ones came out didn't feel like they were made for us. It didn't feel very welcoming and it was very... Mm, let's say not safe for work in a way that didn't feel nice to us. So being able to make wholesome games and also to play wholesome games gives you that connection, I think, that is so nice and pure and you can find other people so easily because then, you know, the discords come up around it, the Twitter accounts come up around it, um, and having a community to talk to that really resonate with the themes, like, oh, hits me in the feels, hits me in the heart feels every time <laughs> oh my gosh there's just so many good communities out there i can't even handle it um all right let's I, I want to move to a little bit of the topics that jenny brought up over the course of the panel starting with sort of the importance of wholesome games as a as a genre as an idea um, what do you think defines a wholesome or cozy game i guess um Victoria, since you were the last one in the last question, why don't you start here? I think wholesome games can kind of have many different variables to them. But overall, I think the overarching message of a wholesome game is that it is a low pressure place to be in. Uh, so it doesn't, you know, doesn't have the things where it's like, oh, you have to do this within this time frame or else you're going to lose. And then, you know, you get all stressed. It's just like a, it's a take it at your own pace. Maybe there's usually themes of kindness and warmth and positivity in them. But I think wholesome games are so much more than that. It's also like reflective. It can be sad, but in a, in a heartwarming way, if you know what I mean. Um, yeah, that's kind of how I feel cozy games are, whether it's with aesthetic or themes or little moments within a game. I think one of the things we ended up uh, latching on to that I really resonated with was the importance of wholesome games to diversify the industry, both in the types of games that people are playing, but also the types of people that play games, like adding this uh, genre that is more widely accepting of different backgrounds and being made by different people there's just this this big boom i would hope of diversity that we would see coming out of that so somebody somebody else jump in on that that's a a fantastic point I i think you two described it so perfectly um someone brought it up to me in a really interesting light recently um that said they they thought this idea of wholesome games could do for the game discourse uh, what 
able gamers and organizations like that have done for the discussion of accessibility in games, which is to say, instead of painting with this broad brush and saying uh, wholesome games are all cute or wholesome games are all this, it's really more a matter of allowing more people to connect with games uh, by looking at it in finer detail and saying like, okay, there are people who don't like to play games that are violent. So violence is one thing we can look at. Um, there are people who want to play games that feature characters that are like themselves. So positive representation is something that we need to look at. Um, and I think that more granular approach to wholesomeness is really important because I feel like uh, on occasion I see people discuss it uh, in these very meme terms. Like I, I heard someone use the term uwu games recently. <laughs> uh, and I, I that sort of thing really alarms me as as someone so invested in the community because I feel like uh, the more it's just an aesthetic and not um, a movement or a philosophy, the the quicker it's going to go away. So I, I really like to hear all of you talk about how wholesome games are about more than just the way it looks. It's it's uh, yeah, there's a lot to it. Yeah, I think you make a great point, because um, when I when I think about wholesome games or when I talk about wholesome games, generally people focus on naming the cutest games that they can think of. And while up until this point, that absolutely is perhaps one of the factors that can help you determine and like see if a game is perhaps more wholesome, because uh, up until now, that is been a hallmark of wholesome games. Um, I do think that we're starting to see sort of branching from that like wholesome does not have to mean like uwu cute but in terms of emotionality I think one thing that I really appreciate seeing that wholesome games is starting to really shine a light on is the fact that um, we're getting into the nuances of human emotion so it's not just um, I think film kind of went through a similar evolution where you go for the low-hanging fruit in terms of emotion like you've got action you've got fear you've got these like really sort of adrenaline filled mental states that you try to get folks in because that's that is something that hooks folks really easily but now that we've been in the industry we've seen the industry evolve past that we're starting to see games that address themes of love and kindness and maybe like a bittersweet feeling that like I think James kind of touched on where it's a lot more granular, there's more nuance, and we're starting to address emotions that maybe aren't that like sort of low hanging fruit, which I think is really exciting. I I wanted to just add to that where it's like, I think like with terms that kind of infantilize the, the whole genre, it's, I see it often being like soft skills as being seen more feminine or like women's labor aren't mm -hmm. as, as important as something, you know, more masculine quotation marks. Um, and I think it's not great to pretend like empathy and human connection are somehow like less consequential than like a hero is saving the world kind of story. Um, mm -hmm. And being cute by choice can be a very real contribution to the world or just wholesome or kind. Um, and I think assuming it's like feeble or weak-minded or fluffy is just ugh, not great. <laughs> I once read a really great review of... Uh, of I, I don't think it was Frog Detective, but it might have been. Um, it was it was a game like that, and the reviewer said that they saw the aesthetic of games like that, that cute like Nintendo Wii aesthetic, as not the reason that they played the game, but as this secret handshake that let them know this is probably a game that's going to care about more nuanced emotions like that. Mm -hmm. um, and that's that's stuck with me ever since. 
wholesome secret handshake sounds amazing. <laughs> How do I learn of it? <laughs> I think that's a, a really fantastic point. The, you know, there's always been discussions about, you know, the importance of box art. And now as we go into uh, more digital spaces, it's the, it's about your splash art, right? Um, I was working the garden story booth during PAX East and the number of people that would walk by and see, and see Concord Rana and all these different folks on this big friendly splash billboard and they would just be like oh my gosh I have to stop here um, I think there's something about that the wholesome aesthetic which is you know again not comprehensive but uh, there's something about that that does signpost to people like hey this is a space that could be comfortable for you in a way that other games are not um, Jenny we've talked before about some of the ways like you took some time off from games and mm-hmm. then ended up kind of coming back to them. Can you talk a little bit about that experience and, and how wholesome games played into that? Yeah. So it was it's, it's interesting because when I grew up, I grew up playing video games like up and through through high school. I think I played video games with my brother on my own. Um, I loved Harvest Moon. I swear that game like I'm really glad that the Nintendo 64, as far as I know, does not have a timer that you can see how long you've played a single (laughs) game because it's probably embarrassing something happened in college I think it was when like Destiny was coming out Halo Saints Row and everyone I hung out with were playing those kind of games which for me I learned very quickly I I am not attracted to games that have a lot of um, overt violence and for whatever reason things with like cars and machines also don't interest me (laughs) I'm like I don't know mechanical things I want soft nature like that's just what I want and so I just kind of fell out of gaming during college and there are two games that really sort of turned me into this um, sort of indie game advocate as well as wholesome game advocate and the first one was to the moon And I don't even know how I stumbled across it. I think I was just on Steam one day and I was like, I haven't played a video game in a few years. Why not try this? And so I found To the Moon just randomly and I downloaded it because kind of going back to the artistic style, I was like, this like pixel art reminds me of the games I played on my Super Nintendo. Like I feel comfortable here. Um, So there's that sense of nostalgia But then I played To the Moon, and if anyone has played To the Moon, uh, I won't spoil the story here, but it's a really beautiful and profound and sad love story. Like, I think it's one of the love stories of games. Like, I think if you're into into that, you should definitely play it. And so I had never played a game, perhaps Final Fantasy VII and came close, but I had never played a game that allowed me to become that emotional and that invested, but it wasn't because, I don't know, there was something soft about it. And that sparked my interest in games again, because for me, I had thought all of the game, all games had become uh, Saints Row with like really inappropriate bats and things and <laughs> violence. <laughs> Yeah. Um, and then shortly after playing to the moon, I got super into indie games and I stumbled across this PlayStation two game. Pretty sure it was PlayStation two called journey three PlayStation three. Oh my gosh. So it was later than I thought it was PlayStation three. And I had no idea what journey was. I actually purchased it for my partner for Christmas. And so on Christmas day, we both sat down and played it. And again, 
I won't say specifically what happens in that game, but that was another game that took me on an emotional journey that wasn't just kill the bad things. It was like there was cooperation. There was there was just more to it than and like more heart to it than I had ever really experienced in a game. So, that, yeah, that's what got me back in. I cool. completely forgot about this like experience in my life and I'd like to share it if that's okay. You just sparked yeah. this, Jenny. So um, I remember one of my first experiences with Wholesome Games was actually Flower. I had gone over to a friend's house. It was the game for anyone that doesn't know that the developers of Journey made before where you play as basically like a little petal and maybe also a gust of wind and you're just flying through fields and collecting other flower petals and stuff and you become this giant beautiful flower petal wind thing i don't know it's beautiful but at the time my friend was like look at this game it's amazing and and he was like crying while playing it and i was like whoa this is a little strange but okay (laughs) i'll uh it's okay bro like it just show me this game and then i ended up picking up journey when it came out because i remembered the flower experience i was like that was a little weird but also i'm interested let me learn more (laughs) and i played journey and i loved it so much that i think it was like thanksgiving we had family in town and i was like everybody gather around we're all gonna (laughs) play journey i must show you video (laughs) games can be beautiful video games are more than just shooting like look and i was playing journey like in front of my aunts and uncles and they were just like oh uh uh-huh okay like basically how I was whenever my friend had shown me flower and I think that's that was my transition into wholesome games wow yeah uh I I feel like I feel like this is a good thread James Victoria do you have your what was your transition into wholesome (laughs) games for me uh it was a a long time ago I, I was probably 14 something like that um, and I was a, a typical, like, jaded, hardcore young boy gamer. And my younger brother, who's six years younger and who runs Wholesome Games with me now, oddly enough, um, had rented Animal Crossing for the GameCube. And at the time, I remember saying to him, like, I don't I don't understand what people like about this game. There's there's no point to it. What do you do? Like, there's. There's no end game. You're not defeating anything. You're not overcoming anything. Um, and I completely wrote it off. And then the next morning he woke up and at like 6 a.m. I was in his bedroom playing Animal Crossing on his GameCube. <laughs> uh, and he's never let me forget about that. And I, I really think that was my introduction to Wholesome Games. And it was really just a matter of uh, setting my ego aside for a second and and playing it and seeing for myself that, I don't know, you're you're not you're not answering a challenge when you play a game. You you don't have to justify or explain what it is you like about it. Um, I think there are, there are many reasons to like a game like Animal Crossing. But for me, that was really just this moment of saying like, hey, I, I don't have to justify anything. This is pleasant. And uh, I like connecting with these characters. And I like doing nice things for them just for the sake of doing nice things. And that's good enough. Yeah, it's really interesting you bring up that idea of like justification um, with Animal Crossing in particular, because uh, if y'all didn't know, Animal Crossing just came out with a new game. Oh, we're definitely going to talk about Animal Crossing. (laughs) (laughs) And um, I have been, I mean, I've been eagerly awaiting this for years. And my partner, Sam, he has, he's never played an Animal Crossing 
I think he played Harvest Moon on GameCube when I got it just because he wanted to see what it was about. But he asked me yesterday that very question where he was like, wait, but what do you do in Animal Crossing? And I'm like, I mean, it is just a virtual dollhouse, but what do you mean, what do I do? Like, I'm living my best life in this place. <laughs> so, but it's really interesting that, like, there is this sort of shift that does have to happen, I think, for people who subscribe to more traditional ways of gaming, where it's like, there are still goals, there are stings things that you achieve but it's perhaps more like intrinsically motivated versus like extrinsically motivated where it's you're motivating yourself to participate in a world and there's a little bit more investment and like a different kind of investment in a game that asks that of you versus a game that sort of puts a boss in front of you and tells you like this is what you do because this is the enemy so I think that's pretty yeah. interesting I, I do want to know how, how you got into uh, Wholesome Games, Victoria, but I, I real quick, um, I think it's really interesting. I've been writing about games and working in games for like 10 years, and so I've been going to a bunch of different conventions, and it's really interesting to see the ways that the populations of conventions have changed over time. The space seems to be diversifying so much, and to that regard, uh, the cozy panel at PAX East was PAXed. Packed. I, I can't find the pun here. I'm reaching <laughs> really hard. I appreciate you trying. <laughs> but, An attempt was you made. Know, <laughs> like, but it was like, you know, this is a 400 person room that was full. And then whenever somebody would leave, other people would come in. There was a there was a waiting queue outside. And I think that that speaks to how important wholesome games are and this sort of wholesome aesthetic to be able to to build this space where even if games don't fit inside what uh, maybe the old gatekeepers of games would consider a real game. Like These are experiences that are speaking to a brand new audience of people, people who have cared about games for a long time, but now finally have something that says, wait a second, this game is for me, and this genre is for me, and here's a space where I can find other people who also want that same thing. Something that was really surprising to me with the, the attendees of the panel was that I've only been on a handful of panels and usually around Q&A time, about half the room or more clear out and the few people that want to ask questions are the only ones that really stick around. And for the, the wholesome panel that we did, that room was packed up until the end. Like it really mm -hmm. didn't clear out that much. The, the people that are into this, they're hungry and they are supportive and they just want more and more and more. And it's at least it was clear to me that this is a, not only an audience that desires this, but there's even more potential for growth if this is the, the type of reaction that it's getting. It's like people are just sitting there eagerly wanting to continue the conversation of wholesome games. And that's awesome. Mm -hmm. Yeah, And I forget, I feel so bad because I forget someone made the analogy of like food and that really resonated with me because I love food. <laughs> but um, even if people aren't into an entirely wholesome game, I think the fact that like wholesomeness is in games is great for all gamers because um, it, it's like if you have a diet of just mashed potatoes, that's fine. Mashed potatoes are great, but like you want to diversify the different experiences you have with your meal because that's what makes like a balanced meal taste even better because there's flavors and textures that play off of one another. And I think what's really cool is that and what sort of Kara remind me of is that um, you have audience members who even if they don't even really know what a wholesome game is because I had a few people come up to me after and they're like, I didn't even really know what this was. 
which is why I came. But now I've realized <laughs> I actually like wholesome things in the games I play. Like I had more than one person person mentioned to me campfires and dark souls. And I'm like, that's sure. not really a wholesome game. But the fact that people are embracing these wholesome or cozy concepts um, that are found in wholesome games in what they play, I think is really exciting too. This ties into that a little bit and uh, what Josh mentioned about the old guard and gatekeepers of the game industry losing some of their power. Um, And I really honestly just wanted (laughs) to... (laughs) (laughs) And I really just wanted to have one blazingly hot take uh, on this podcast. So for me, that is, I think we're moving to a post-genre game industry. Um, And what Jenny mentioned about people coming to wholesome games uh, with all of these different ideas of what it could be ties into that. And earlier this morning, someone was asking me, um, can anyone recommend titles similar to a short hike? And so I looked at the steam like related titles for a short hike and they were all wholesome games like slime rancher was another one, but they weren't really games that I would consider uh, all that similar to the, the gameplay or the genre of a short hike. Uh, and I feel like I'm seeing that more and more. Um, and I wonder, too, we, we mentioned movies earlier, if it's becoming that four quadrant thing where movies become uh, every blockbuster is funny and action packed and dramatic. Um, and I feel like we're starting to see that more and more in games like a triple A AAA title that I noticed it a lot. And uh, recently was uh, Death Stranding has so many mm-hmm. wholesome elements where people are constantly um, giving you this positive feedback and thanking you for connecting them to others. And I, I feel like more and more people are drawn to games that give them similar feelings as opposed to uh, the same genre experience. Yeah. So that's my hot take. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> All right, great. Now now we have to deal with the, the hot take fallout. Um, Victoria, I'm I'm not gonna let you, <laughs> I'm not, gonna I'm not off the hook <laughs> without telling you how did you get into wholesome games story. I feel like I don't have a great story. Um, it's just <laughs> it's always been like a part of my life. Like whether if it was just dress up games that I played as a kid or um, like Animal Crossing or any of those kinds of games or honestly any of the Zelda games that had the mm-hmm. kind of that cozy aesthetic. So it's always been a part of my life, but it was always a thing I guess where I never thought it was real games because I never thought I could get into games because I didn't play quotation mark real games um so yeah I can't say I can't remember like the first wholesome game I've played I just remember always playing them but never thinking that somehow they would let me work in games which is wrong now clearly (laughs) (laughs) yeah it's it's such a trip to think about all the different ways that um, I, I think about different ways that wholesome aesthetics reached out to me when I was younger. So like w- one of my favorite Final Fantasies before my current favorite Final Fantasy, which is also a hot take, Final Fantasy thirteen, <laughs> was Final Fantasy Crystal Chronicles. I adore that game. I, I remember like getting friends together and getting the Game Boy Advance link cables and plugging them into the GameCube. But Crystal Chronicles feels so different from sort of the like hard-edged conventional final fantasies it has this soft like almost this sort of celtic aesthetic to its uh to its music and the characters when they walk around are like bouncy and happy and light and it's still a heavy story because you're trying to like save this portion of the world but it's 
I don't know. There was something about that game that resonated with me. And I don't think I understood that it was wholesome aesthetic and wholesome games until, um, honestly, until meeting Jenny, until finding more people who were into this space. And I was like, oh, wait a second. I actually, I feel like I fit here. And that has been a really cool experience. Uh, so typically here on Intelligame Radio, we will end the interview segment by asking for your Intelligame, your game that you would have somebody else play as sort of an explainer of what games can do, what's an influential game, what changes things for you. But because we are riffing on the Cozy Games panel, we have a cozy group of people together, and we've already talked about a number of different Cozy Games, I was hoping that we could revisit some of the games that you made as references during the Cozy Games panel for folks who might be listening to this podcast and want to know some other games that they could play um, that are really good influential options. Let's start with Kara. Oh boy. Okay. (laughs) So obviously (laughs) Slime Rancher, but beyond that, I think some of my favorite wholesome games, and these, these come from Uh, limiting them down to games that appeal more specifically to me. There's like a huge list of games I can't even begin to cover. But uh, these are a a handful that I have a somewhat recent or pretty significant experience with. Abzu is a game that, uh, again, by the the creators of Journey, you see this this story that I've gone through. (laughs) I looked at Flower and I was like, what the heck is this? And then I was totally converted at Journey. I'm like, oh, games, you don't need to fight a big boss. You can just explore and have fun. And okay, I get it. And then Abzu, (laughs) uh, sharks in the game are friendly and not bad guys and it seems like a weird thing to get hung up on but the villainizing of sharks and entertainment really bothers me like they're always the bad guy and in abzu like you can ride a shark you can go into a cute little aquarium mode and just have lovely music and look at fishies and i love it like that that's not something that you often see in games and whenever i played that game i was a little bit worried initially because there's like a scare moment here and there that the the fishies and stuff were going to be the bad guys and then they're not and that just made me so happy (laughs) the other game that i played recently and was the first game that i 100 percented on my switch is yoku's island express it has an amazing cute little wholesome story the soundtrack is bopping and the art is just so visually intriguing it's like this really nice 2d 3d like puppety looking i love it I, I highly, highly, highly recommend it. Probably my game of the year for the last like two years. <laughs> and, oh, it's so good. And the combination then, uh, of pinball and platforming. Yeah, yeah, it's amazing. There's I I can't even begin to come up with more words to describe it other than just ah, amazing. And then the the last one is a multiplayer game that you probably wouldn't look at and think of as being wholesome, but Human Fall Flat. I played that a hmm. bunch with my partner, and we just like tears streaming down my face like we're going through these ridiculous levels and there's all these little puzzle elements and things that you're interacting with in such a goofy like ragdoll manner and if you want to have that like movie moment feeling of like take my hand as someone's dangling one-armed and like their body's just flopping in the wind as you're like swinging on this giant bridge like that's that's human fall flat and there's not many games that are like that as well, except for uh, there's a game that I played since the panel. Uh, oh gosh, what is it called? Heave Ho. Heave Ho has a similar feeling, and we played that recently and had a blast. 
Like there's just this um, puzzle solving together type thing that I love. And both of those games have that. Very cool. Let's see. Next, let's go to James. Okay. Uh, at the panel, I, I talked about games that surprised me in the ways that they were wholesome. So Spirit Fair is kind of an obvious one that we mentioned earlier um, because it's this amazing ambassador for wholesome games that cover uh, really heavy topics. I played this game at PAX and I, I was on the verge of tears the entire time. Uh, I think Josh already kind of mentioned that it's a game about um, dealing with uh, loss and helping these spirits cross over to the other side. Um, in addition to being really fun and having uh, some some cool unique mechanics that surprised me. Yeah. Piku Niku is another game that uh, really surprised me. Uh, it's so funny and I, I love it just as an example of a game that manages to have this like anti-capitalist, anti-colonialist message in the silliest, silliest package you can imagine. <laughs> um, and finally, A Short Hike, uh, which just picked up a bunch of awards uh, because of how amazing it is. And there's a great uh, GDC talk that the creator did. This one is one that I mentioned because it's this 3D sort of platforming adventure game that made me ugly cry. It's so good and it's so emotional um, in addition to being fun in a very uh, classic game way. Um, and in particular, there's this one incredible moment that I, I always tell people because it sort of crystallizes what it means to have wholesome elements in games for me, um, which is at one point you meet someone who is making hats and they sell you a hat and they tell you how much it costs and you can say, uh, that's not enough. I, I think you deserve more. And there's no mechanical benefit to it. It's just being nice to someone in a game for the sake of being nice. And I think in so many ways, that's what wholesome games come down to, uh, which is this ability to make the game world the world that you want to live in by showing that kindness to people with no expectation of a return for it. There's there's no mechanical benefit. You're just a nice person doing something nice. So, yeah. That's really cool. Victoria? Yeah. Um, so the games I picked at the PAX East Pan, I feel like I'm cheating because my first one was Animal Crossing. Uh, which, <laughs> which a lot of we people do. We need to, we need to have an Animal Crossing discussion. Maybe you've know. heard oh, of it. I took the easy way out. But no, um, Animal Crossing, <laughs> like for anyone who hasn't played it, it is basically about moving into a new town and or an island and meeting the villagers and befriending them and having like letters being sent to you, collecting fruit, um, upgrading your house, all these things. And I really liked it as a concept for cozy because one it's a triple a company really embracing the cozy aesthetics obviously but also that the creator of the game actually or, or like originally dreamt up of it because he had just moved to a new place and had felt very alone and didn't really have people to talk to so it was kind of this like dreamt up out of a place of loneliness but it became something so wholesome and beautiful for so many people um so i really love animal crossing and <laughs> <laughs> obsessively um and the other games i picked were was neko atsume which is the cat collecting game on mobile because mobile games are also real games of course but i also love that it's a game that doesn't necessarily encourage you to stay on it all the time um it's healthy to have a balance at all times. And it's nice to just have something to check in every so often. And then, you know, you look in and it's like, oh, no, he, 
fat cat has eaten all the food. Ha, silly cat, whatever. Um, it's just one of those <laughs> things where it's just a nice little moment, I think, to just give you like little moments of joy that doesn't need to suck you into it all the time. Um, and the last one isn't out yet, and I don't know how far they are in development. It's been quite a while, but, you know, games make take time to make. But it's Maniko's Night Market, which is a game about crafting and a little bit like Animal Crossing-esque, where you basically have to rebuild this uh, night market. And that really feels like home to me in a way because it's just like night markets are very it's a very Asian thing I think mm-hmm. um, but just taking themes from other cultures and um, exploring them and again it's not out yet so who knows but just having that cute uh, wholesome aesthetic that applies to any culture I think is really nice yeah there's uh, those are those are good options Jenny Oh man, I have so many. Because now I, gotta... I, I thought of more. Uh... Right. <laughs> okay. It's the bonus round, and it was your panel, so you got you got full reign. I know. Well, I'm really happy because a lot of the games that I would have initially mentioned have already been named. Like for me, a short hike is kind of the standout wholesome game right now. Um, it was my game of the year last year. Clearly, like I think if anyone is looking to play a wholesome game, like that is a great one to start with. The one I, the ones I mentioned at the panel, I know I mentioned Chicory, a colorful tale. It's not out yet, um, but it's really, really cute. It's about an unassuming assistant to a hero, uh, a famous heroic artist, and unfortunately, the hero is somehow missing. And as their assistant, you have their paintbrush. The world is now lost all of its color. So, in the midst of finding the hero, you must color the world as well. Uh, and it's a really cute sort of puzzle platformer where you're, you use color to solve the puzzles. And I think that's it's really fun. They have a lot of um, interesting accessibility options and like helpful accessibility options for folks who maybe don't see certain spectrums out on the color palette. Um, it's just a really fun, relaxing game. Anyone who likes Mario Paint especially would love that. I think I also mentioned Littlewood, which is something that anyone who enjoys the Stardew Valley Harvest Moon mechanics, they would very much love that. Um, The interesting thing about Littlewood is that you're a hero who's already saved the world. So you've already done the thing. Now you have to rebuild and recultivate the community that you're a part of. And I I love this idea of cultivating community. I think it's something that I, I personally, as a community person, I resonate a lot with that theme. So that's what excites me about Littlewood. Um, and that's currently out in early access, but it's like a hefty early access. There is a lot of content for this game. Wow. Um, and then I think the last one I mentioned in the panel was called Songbird Symphony. And this is a rhythm game blended with a platformer about a really cute, adorable pixel art bird who is trying to just find, find out who they are. Uh, and find sort of where they came from. And so it's a journey of self-discovery. It's got a lot of puns and it's the animations are just super wiggly and bouncy. And I find that very satisfying to look at. Oh gosh, there's so many more. There's too many more. <laughs> like I actually just rediscovered um, a game that I forgot about, but I played it last night called Rakuen. Um, I don't know. Has anyone heard of it as well? I feel like James, you would really, really like this game. Um, and oh my gosh okay it's this lovely pixel art game that's about a young child who 
is it, it goes between the a fantasy world as well as the real world. And so there there is um it's a tearjerker, so be prepared for that. But it's about like a young boy who whose mom um who's journeying with his mom and like I don't want to say more, but it's a really lovely story about a boy and his mother and going through a fantasy world and it's another sort of puzzle puzzle sort of um game. Okay. Yeah. So I've noticed I tend to really like pixel art games. I think I've just like realized this now <laughs> on this call. <laughs> oh, wow. It's, it's nice when you can, you can teach, but you can also learn in the same experience. <sighs> <Yep>. <laughs> um, well, yeah. uh, well, we're just about to wrap up. I feel like we would be remiss uh, if we didn't have a dedicated space to gush about Animal Crossing. I have to I have to imagine I haven't started it yet, but I imagine all of you have some uh some feels. How what are your Animal Crossing feels? I'm so deep in this community. I love it. I would <laughs> I never want to stop playing. It's it's one of those things where it's like you love it so much, you're aggressive about it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, Actually, a uh, funny story. Um, I mentioned that before we started recording, I, I was talking about how I had just started dating before all of the pandemic stuff began. And uh, I've actually had someone ask me on an Animal Crossing date. Uh, they they want me to visit their island to meet them. Oh, my oh. So <laughs> that's a first for <laughs> so me. Cute. So I, I think that sums up how much Animal Crossing has taken over the world right now. <laughs> that's amazing. I'm trying to get us to have a team meeting on Monday in on one of our islands. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, forget Discord, forget Slack. We should meet in Animal Crossing. Oh, uh, that would be so good. My um, boss, actually, she I wasn't originally going to... Uh, take a day off to like to play Animal Crossing because like no I, I should work and stuff but I actually got a slack message from my boss Tanya being like hey Victoria you know if I know what's happening on the 20th if you need to take a vacation day just take a vacation day I was like really she's like yeah I was like okay I'm gonna do it bye <laughs> <laughs> that's so good that's fantastic Kara have you have you spent much time in the crossing animals <laughs> I'm working on it. This is I, I tried playing it on the Wii and I bounced real hard, mostly because I immediately time traveled and got slapped on the hand for doing that. And I was like, whatevs, I'll just the Rossetti. I got other games to play, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, both me and my partner are playing it. My partner has fallen asleep within 10 minutes every time he has picked up his switch, <laughs> which good or bad, I don't know. <laughs> and then I am mostly obsessed with catching all the bugs. Uh, more than I'd like to admit. Uh, I I had the last time I played Animal Crossing was on the GameCube, and anytime that it, you talked about time travel, anytime that you reset the game, uh, this this mole named Resetti shows up to like lecture you for for being disrespectful. And the more you reset the game, the longer the lectures get, and it is absurd. Yep. Um, yeah. I uh, I saw that I took out a loan and I did some quick math or whatever, and I was like, all right, I can I can pay this off if I fast forward like a few months or whatever, just through. I think there was like you would earn uh, something in your savings account. I don't remember specifically, but I fast forwarded a few months, and that was like oof. 
oof, how <laughs> dare you? And I was like, listen here, video game. You don't get to talk to me like this. <laughs> Watch me never play you again. <laughs> but I'm glad at least on the Switch I have been time traveling again and it doesn't seem to mind and it is adding to my enjoyment quite a bit. Oh, good. Yeah. Good. Oh, well, um, thank you so much, everybody, for, for taking some time to share the wholesome experience with the IntelliGame community. Um, why don't we go down the line and if you can uh, give folks a uh, how to find you, any particular places that you want to direct them uh, coming forward. Uh, why don't we go ahead and start with you, Kara? So I'm mostly on Twitter. You can find me at K-A-I-R-O-M-A-T-I-C. That's chiromatic, kind of like chromatic, but with a chi in the beginning. And that's <laughs> that's primarily where I live if I'm not playing video games. <laughs> <laughs> Victoria? Yeah, so you can find me also on Twitter, I think. Most of us are on Twitter. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at the V Tran. I know, I know. Oh gosh. Anyways, anyways, um, at the V Tran, T H E V T R A N, and I'll be there. Probably, honestly, on Animal Crossing most of the time, but otherwise, I'll be there. <laughs> James, you can find me at wholesomegames.com. Really. Oh. <laughs> um, uh, and also, I just want to say really quickly, thank you to Jacob, Matthew, Oral, uh, Rick, and Esme, my Wholesome Games collaborators. I, yeah, the community wouldn't exist without them, so I love them all. That's really good. Jenny? Uh, folks can find me on Twitter as well, at Kimchika25, K-I-M-C-H-I-C-A-2-5, and probably on Twitch because <laughs> I, <laughs> I have a lot more time so I'm streaming a little bit more and that's just twitch.tv slash Kim Chica yeah well thank you folks for the time I, I appreciate it please uh, please continue to spread fantastic wholesome things uh, into the world I really think that that panel was one of the highlights of PAX as a whole for me and I think for a lot of other people too yeah, thank you so much for getting us back together, doing the yeah. wholesome Voltron yeah. thing over Always here. Always fun and wholesome. <laughs> Voltron. 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 Oh my gosh. Oh, uh, okay. I need I need an artist. Somebody call an artist. <laughs> that's that's our new mascot for wholesome con, mm-hmm. or cozy con Ooh. rather, is the Voltron. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the Voltron. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Uh, I like this. I like it so much. It's How happening. <laughs> Thanks again to all of our fantastic interviewees. To find a list of the games that were called out during the Cozy panel at PAX East, check the homepage, intelligame.us. So traditionally for the director's cut, I read an essay that I published previously on Intelligame. It gives sort of a chance to bring some full circle to the world, to highlight an older piece and provide some additional context, perhaps in a more modern light. Today, instead, I'm choosing to read a piece that's new, that I wrote specifically inspired by the content of this episode. So here goes the wholesome light in the darkness. On a whim, Wednesday before last, I started streaming Final Fantasy 13. It's my favorite Final Fantasy game, and I 
couldn't wrap my mind around starting something unfamiliar for stream. I hadn't played this game in years, so I figured coming back to it would give me some comfort. And in fairness, it did. I still love 13. I forgot about the opening moments, though. After an entity from the lower world of Pulse shows up in the insulated floating world of Cocoon, the government orders a roundup of all potentially infected citizens, forcing them to migrate off of Cocoon. Seeing this as a condemnation to a rumored hell on Earth, or even potentially for mass murder, civilians pick up weapons to fight back. Even with a crisis from an external threat, the people of Cocoon still find reason to fight with each other. I don't think I'd have analyzed the plot like this if the coronavirus weren't sweeping the globe and a flurry of conflicting stories and fear, alongside patent misinformation, weren't pitting people against each other. But here we are. Interestingly, it doesn't feel hard to write about games right now. This might be one of the times that games are the most relevant they've ever been. Games are keeping people entertained, providing focus, connection, and a sense of purpose. They can even provide community with others, whether played online or with people you're together with while social distancing. They provide a chance to escape, to create stories together, to make worlds that stretch further than our current bounds. As more people find themselves affected directly by the spread of COVID-19, their jobs, their social networks, their personal networks, games are a critical resource for us all. And as we see this darkness start to spread, I think games can help us more than ever due to the growth of wholesomeness in the industry. Wholesome games is a broad term. As multiple panelists brought up in the interview just a few minutes ago, wholesome games are less of a genre and more of an ideal. It's a dedication to softness, to spaces of safety, warmth, and comfort. As an example, even before I played it tonight, Animal Crossing New Horizons brought me lots of joy, watching my friends get excited about their camps, sharing screenshots, meeting on each other's islands. It provides a sort of connection many of us can't have right now. The world of New Horizons is one where not working for a couple of weeks won't leave you houseless. It's a world where whatever kind of work you choose to do, it has value. It's a world where food is plentiful and not restricted by money. It's a world where you can visit your neighbors, stand next to them, take selfies together. New Horizons indeed. Media provides us a lens with which to visualize potential futures. Games in particular give us a world to shape, a sandbox to explore, and to learn lessons from. We then take those lessons out into the real world, share them with the people around us. And though games of all kinds give us chances to learn lessons and grow together, Wholesomeness is particularly well-equipped to provide light in the darkness, to give hope amidst fear and loss. Games like Yonder, The Cloudcatcher Chronicles, and Journey have given me energy in ways I never expected, just by exploring the soft, open digital spaces they've provided. But maybe, even more critical at this moment, wholesome games provide a lens to find and appreciate the wholesome moments in games that otherwise aren't so wholesome. Earlier in this episode, Jenny brought up how people appreciate the campfires in Dark Souls, waypoints where you rest, regain your energy, and are safe from attack. Similarly, I think about writing chocobos in Final Fantasy XIII, 
the lighthearted music that plays as your party ventures across the plains, the calm of decorating a house in Skyrim, the one-on-one -on -one conversations with your party in Mass Effect or Dragon Age, seeing the sunlight crest the trees and the last of us as you arrive at the university, the wholesome moments in otherwise chaotic, dangerous spaces. When we leave those games, we remember the thrilling boss battles and combat. It's the love we share, though, with our party members, with our worlds, with the stories and the moments that we craft alongside other players. Those are the moments that crystallize, that keep us coming back, that ignite our excitement for the future. And, for as cliche as it may sound, it's our ability to find love, compassion, and hope amidst the chaos and anger that will guide us through this trying time. It's true. Life as a whole is not wholesome. So many parts of this world are filled with pain and suffering. But there are so many that we fill with compassion, with hope, with dedication in the midst of all of it. Perhaps our eyes are naturally drawn to the fear. But we can turn our heads to the hope as well if we've learned to see it and value it. The memes, the TikToks, the viral dances created in the wake of tragedy and oncoming crisis. It's not just the privileged who create these moments. It's also the people on the front lines. Healthcare providers dancing in scrubs and masks. Italian citizens singing from their balconies amidst lockdowns. Vietnamese artists making catchy pop tunes to spread tips on how to combat the disease. These wholesome moments balance our vision and give us energy to push on. Some people might think that these wholesome, joyful moments are about burying our heads in the sand. They're not. They're about reminding us of all the amazing things that fuel us to push forward even when the world feels scary. They're about creating a light we can share amidst the darkness. All right, folks, that does it for another edition of Intelligame Radio. I've been your host, Josh Boykin. You can find me on Twitter at Wallstormer. Thank you again so much to our guests, Kara, Victoria, James, and of course, Jenny, for a fantastic interview. For more information about Intelligame, swing on over to the homepage at intelligame.us or subscribe to our newsletter at intgm.us slash newsletter. Now, as a side note, this is usually the part of the show where I suggest to support us on Patreon with a recurring monthly donation to help keep Intelligame going. Due to the events that are taking place in the world right now, we're going to be donating our Patreon funds to charity. This month's funds will be split between GDC Relief Fund run by Wings Fund and Player vs. Hunger's Outplay Hunger Initiative. For more information about either of those charities, go ahead and check the show notes. If you'd like to be part of that donation effort, I would encourage you to either subscribe to Intelligame on Patreon or to go ahead and donate to those causes directly. Thank you so much for your time. We will see you next week. Until then, keep Intelligaming.